And now, welcome to another edition of Top Rope Report. Here's your host, Mr. Trivia. Okay. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another live edition of Top Rope Report. Here on Facebook Live, TalkShoe.com, Google Podcast, and Spotify. I'm your host, the illustrious Mr. Trivia. And joining me each week, as usual, my co-host, my tag team partner, my best friend, the best in the business, the Nokesha Greg, and Mr. 24-7. Guys, what's happening? What's uh, up? <laughs> <laughs> so, Monday Night Raw is in the books. We got that to talk about. And a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of rumors been swirling around about a couple of wrestlers, or one wrestler, rather, coming in, possibly coming into. WWE, we'll talk about that, and then we got the Fastlane Premium Live event coming up October 7th, and I've got some indie shows to report on today, too, so whenever you guys are ready, we can get started. All right, so you let off last time, so I'm going to lead off tonight, right? Yes. All right. Well, this week's Monday Night Raw emanated from Salt Lake City, um, which for those of you that don't know is in Utah. Um... And it started out um, with Cody Rhodes in the ring. Um, well, mind, did you see the puff of smoke come out? My mind is like, poof. Um, and, and not too long after his promo started, um, he got interrupted by Dominic Mysterio. Um, and then... Sorry, notification go away. Notification go away. Okay. Um, Then, obviously, shortly after that, Finn and Damian Priest came down. Um, Rhea Ripley is home, quote-unquote, and I'll say, quote-unquote, nursing her injuries from that vicious attack from Nia Jax from last week. Um, And, I, I, I mean... I don't know. Usually a segment with leading up with Cody Rhodes and then being interrupted by Judgment Day would turn into something good and get me pumped up. Um, I'm glad I didn't watch Monday Night, Raw, Monday, Night, Monday Night Raw live. I was watching the Steelers, so I didn't watch this until afterwards. I'm glad I didn't waste my time and try to watch the beginning of Monday Night Raw because it was a horrible way to start the show. I mean, yeah, they tried to get on Cody Rhodes, and then, of course, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn came running down for the save but didn't get involved physically at all as, you know, the other guys are outside the ring, and that's how we opened up Monday Night Raw. Um, they then went to a commercial and came back to a match. But, yeah, I mean... I didn't get it, didn't understand it. And if this is how Monday Night Raw is going to try and grab viewers' attention and bring them in, instead of watching Monday Night Football, dude, they're mistakenly doing a horrible job. I'm going to give this beginning part of the show a, a C-. minus. Okay. Mr. 24-7. Yeah, I got to agree with you. It's like, I don't even know. I feel like we're always seeing this segment right here. I feel like we see this segment a lot. 
and it's usually starting the show. Like, I don't mind Cody starting the show, coming out and doing everything that he's doing. I don't mind that at all. But it's just, it's just getting stale, I guess, is the word. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I mean, Cody did say a few things here to, to Dom that I liked. Um, he said, Dom is far more into Rhea than Rhea is into him. Um, because it looks like Rhea has eyes for Jay, for Jay Uso. So I laughed, you know, I was like, I like it. it it's just a little, a little hit. Um, and the other thing I really like is just not being able to even hear Dom ever. I love it still. That one part I do love still. The boo, you know, the booze that he gets is, it, it's great. So other than that, Mary yeah, got much I gotta agree with you. I mean, this was just nothing really. So I'm gonna go. I'll go straight up. See. Okay. And sorry about that, folks. Just didn't like the angle. Um, tried to adjust my camera, Mister uh, Trivia. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely agree. This was not a good way to start off Monday Night Raw. Uh, I mean, you know, like we said, with, with like DJ and Greg said, you know, it's getting stale with these. With this thing with Dominic and uh, Judgment Day always coming out, and it's just—I mean, it's kind of like seeing the Bloodline every week. Only at least I was enjoying seeing the Bloodline every week because you never know, you know, what you were going to get. I mean, with these guys, they're always coming out, they're always interfering, and it was just—I mean, it was just a, a bad way to start off the show. And I gave it a—I gave it a D. Oh, okay. Um. All right, well, after that, they went to commercial, and they came back, and we had a singles match of Dominic Mysterio, the workhorse of WWE, taking on Cody Rhodes. Uh, Mr. 24-7, you are up first. All right. Uh, I mean, I'm going to say the same words as I said. I feel like we, we just keep seeing the same thing over and over, and this was pretty much what we've seen a bunch of times. Um even the finish. I mean, I could have told you what, how this match was going to finish. You know, like, I don't know. I can't deal with it. I like it and I don't. You know what I mean? Like, I I like the... I like the guys in this feud or say, You know, I like all the people. But what they're doing just kind of sucked right now. Um, it, was, it was okay. Like, it wasn't bad. Like, it was the same as their other matches. It was okay. Um, we get the we get Finn grabbing Cody, you know, taking him off the apron. Knew it was going to happen, so it was just a matter of who it was going to be and when. Um, but we get, what, a Cody Cutter and Crossroads for the win. So, all right. Okay, I guess. I'll go, I'll go C+. Plus, I'll go. Okay. Trivia. Well, I think the match was definitely a lot better, a lot better than the the opening promo segment. I, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, we knew what was we knew what we were going to have. We knew what the ending was basically going to be. You know, like DJ said, the Cody Cutter and then the Crossroads, and it seems to be uh, that way all the time. Whether it's uh, Dominic Mysterio or Finn Balor or, or whatever it is. And I, I thought it was a, a pretty decent match. Like I said, much better than the opening segment. I gave it a B-. Oh, okay. 
Um, yeah, I, I, this match, once again, just like DJ said, did nothing. It's the same old thing. Um, you know, the heels try to cheat. The face, you know, does their finishing moves to win. Did this nothing. I mean, it didn't do anything to hurt Dominic or help Cody or help Dominic or hurt Cody. It was just a useless 20 minutes of the opening of Monday Night Raw. You know, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens coming down and then Kevin Owens, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's worth mentioning or not. Not when you guys did. I don't know if you read it separately, but I didn't. Kevin Owens kind of asking Cody, you know, why he brought back Jay. I mean, that was the most interesting part of the first 30 minutes. And that wasn't anything big. So, yeah, I didn't I didn't like this match. Once again, I mean, you know, worried about Monday Night Raw going up against Monday Night Football and they ain't grabbing anybody extra. I gave this a C. Okay. John Kelleher is watching. John, thanks for tuning in. All right. After that, we then went to what was supposed to be, um, I guess, the final match of a two out of three match between New Day and the Viking Raiders. I didn't know it was a series. I, eh, whatever. Um, but it wanted being a singles match between Kofi Kingston and Ivar after it was announced by Adam Pierce that Eric was not going to be able to wrestle. So. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods did rock, paper, scissors, and Kofi, quote-unquote, won, or did he? Um, he got to take on Ivar. Um, Mr. 24-7, you lead us off with this match. All right. Um, to be honest, I thought this was so far the best thing that we've seen here. I, I, I kind of like the match. Um, you know, Ivar... As big as he is, and again, we say this all the time, but as big as he is and the way he can move is awesome. You know, like I feel like he, him and Cope, they, they pretty much, they, it, they were good together. You know, it, it, to me, it almost seemed like David and Goliath type of match, you know, and um, which was cool. I liked it. Um, after... I don't know how many minutes it was or how long it was. I can't remember, but I know that it was it was all pretty good. Um, Kofi ended up hitting the trouble in paradise, getting the win. I, I like it. I'm okay with it. Um, yeah, best thing so far tonight. I'm going B for the match. Okay, trivia. Yeah, I definitely agree. I thought this was a really good match. It's, uh, it was unusual seeing uh, Ivar out there without Eric. And, um, you know, but... That, that goes to show you, you know, that big man, he can uh, not only work in tag team, he can do it singles as well. And um, I enjoyed seeing the match. It was a little, uh, you know, the rock, paper, scissors. I thought it was pretty funny to see who was going to start off the match. And, um, but, yeah, it was it was a good match. I enjoyed watching it. It was one of the highlights of Monday Night Raw. I gave it a B plus. Okay. Um, you know me. I think I'm going to change myself from the, from the nurture to the nit nitpickster um but okay eric wasn't there but valhalla still came out ringside with ivar why didn't xavier woods accompany kofi kingston Eh, don't know don't get it um but the match other than that um as a wise man once said other than that um 
this was a good match. I liked it. I got I I thought it was just gonna be a you know, maybe a quick little squash squash of a match by Ivar, maybe the Holla getting involved and you know, but no, this was a good decently long competitive match. Um and like DJ said, some of the things that Ivar does in the ring, you just you don't see normal-sized men doing these things. I mean, Jesus Christ, he did a um, what a sunset flip off of the off of the top rope or whatever. I mean, for the love of God, I mean, come on, I can't even make a teddy bear do that. Forget about a three hundred and fifty-pound man. Um, and just like when he didn't get the, the pin on that, and the way like he was grabbing his beard and spread it apart. I mean, this was a really good, entertaining match. A great way to rebound. I I would rather see this match first to kick off Raw, um, but I guess neither Kofi or Ivar are a big enough name, and that's why you had Cody open. Um, but I really like this. I gave it a B plus. Okay. All right. Um, after that, we then had Shinsuke Nakamura taking on Ricochet. They showed a video package. Of last week, which led to this match. Um, trivia, you are up. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I, I like this match. It was, it was good. It was a competitive match. <clears throat> you know, Shinsuke Nakamura, he can uh, hold his own with anybody, just like Ricochet, even though Ricochet is considered, you know, a high flyer and a lightweight kind of guy. But he can hold his own against anybody. And then when Seth came out and really picked up the. I want to say picked up the volume, so to speak, and uh, I really, really enjoyed, you know, watching this match. I mean, watching Ricochet go and Nakamura, you know, both of them are highly skilled in the ring. Both of them have a little martial arts background, well, Nakamura more so than Ricochet. But, you know, when they threw the martial arts stuff in there between the two of them, I really enjoyed the match. I gave it a B plus. Okay. Hold on. Oh, excuse me. Jesus. My phone just went blank. Um, so did my mind. That's why I yawned. Well, um, yeah. Um, I'm up next. Um, I, I mean, the beginning of the match with Nakamura coming down um, and Seth Rollins running to the ring to try and get at Nakamura and be stopped. And then when they came back to commercial, they started the match. I mean, it was a, a decent way than just having Nakamura come down and then I assume, you know, that, like they always do. I mean, you guys have been alive, you know, TV shows, you know, they just stand in the ring while they're at commercial and talk. So this way, a little something got the crowd juiced up um, before the match started. And then the match between the two of them. I mean, this was, this was I mean, once again. I mean, I'm just looking at the beginning of the show and what they gave us now. It's like, what the fuck? I mean, make up your mind. Are we getting a crappy show? Are we getting a really, really good show? I, I yeah. loved this match. Seth coming down causing disqualification to then still have Nakamura come over on Seth Rollins, um, ramming his back into the, the announcer's table and then the backdrop onto a chair. It's almost like Nakamura set that up. Um, I, I really liked it. I, I like this, the way my Nakamura is. There's just something about it. Um, 
and I'm really starting to get into this feud. I like this a lot. I gave this an A minus. Okay, John Mazzanato is watching. John, thanks for tuning in, buddy. All right, Mister Twenty Four Seven. I thought the match was awesome too. It was really good, and you know, I thought the same thing here after this one. I was like, all right, so we got two freaking stinkers and now two good stuff. So I think these two things should have started off, like you said. We we should have this way. We could have at least been happy, you know, going into the crap. But anyway, good match. They work good together, man, these two. Because we've seen it a couple times before, and it was good, man. I like it. The The thing I do, don't like is the security, all the security coming out with Rollins, and he keeps trying to get away from it. I think it was like two weeks in a row now we're seeing that. It's like, all right, he can get away from him so easily, but then all of a sudden he can't get away from it at the end. You know, it's like, all right, whatever. I do like the fact that Seth's coming out and kind of staying with it because ha- hey, we have to have that. You know, the, there has to be build up to Seth and Shinsuke. So I do like it. I just, I guess I'm nitpicking too now here. I don't know. I just don't like the security part and Adam Pierce or yeah, Adam Pierce and all that. But anyway, good match. To me, crappy finish. Um, you know, the baby face taking the chair and hitting the heel. You know, hitting the heel with it was weird to me, but whatever. He was pissed, and it showed throughout the match. Ricochet, you know, his moves, everything he was doing, you just kind of seen more just anger, and, and you know, he was pissed off, and it showed. And I do like that about Ricochet. Um, and and it, it made for a really good match. Uh, besides the finish, I thought it was awesome. Um, I'm going to go B-plus. To a, a really good match. Okay. All right. After that, um, we went back to the doldrums as we had a women's tag team match as it was Piper Niven and Chelsea Green against the newly formed tag team of Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark. Um, I get to lead us off with this one. Just when I thought they had me, they made me decide to have diarrhea and vomit at the same time with this tag team match. I mean, can I get behind Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark as a tag team? Eh, maybe. I just not understanding the Chelsea Green and Piper Niven and then Nia Jax comes down, interrupts the match. I mean, okay, if she's going to get involved in that, then I wanted to see her on NXT last night attacking Becky Lynch, and then I want to see her on Friday night attacking EO Sky. I just want to see her wiping out everybody. Don't just leave it to Monday Night Raw. At least give me some reason that she's doing this. Um, But it just... I mean, it wasn't a good match, and and then Nia Jax came out and it made it a worse match. I, I just don't understand when when you see somebody like do a sneak attack, they're in like a black hoodie or they're they're looking like they were a cameraman. There's no fucking way you can't see this lady coming up from somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. You, so and you don't hear the crowd or anything. So it's like, do like, 
anybody really even care that she's there? I don't think so. I think we're all just so disgusted that she got brought back by Triple H or Vince McMahon or whatever. Um, but yeah, I didn't like this at all. I'm going to give this the uh, the nugget, the uh, D plus. Okay. Mister Twenty Four Seven. Yeah, yeah, it kind of knocked us re- knocked us back down to reality on here. You know, on this match, it was like, come on. You know, I I don't know if I can get behind Shayna and Zoe. Yeah. And especially seeing how this went, you know, they were in there and they kind of just were trying to like outdo each other. I can do this move better, this move harder. You know, they were they were trying to just outdo each other. So I don't think this is even going to probably be a tag team for long, to be honest. We'll probably see them fighting each other here soon. Um, so it was nothing really to this. It was it was stupid, actually. Um, Nia Jax, I can't deal with it. I can't. I was I was pumped that she was gone, and now she's back. And it's like, come on, because you know we we know that we're not going to see anything good, uh, you know, with her being back. We might get maybe one halfway decent like pay per view match with her at some point here, but there ain't going to be anything. No one really wants to see her, so I don't know. That sucks. Because I think they think that they're doing something big here, and it's really not. Um, stupid match. I'm going. I'll give it the nuggy too. We'll go D plus. <laughs> All right, trivia. Okay. Well, I was. I was. I'm a little different on this. I kind of liked seeing Shayna and Zoe together, not only because of the competition factor between the two of them, but those are those are two tough bras. and. Uh, that's going to be, uh, it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty hard to, you know, to beat them if they stay together as a tag team. Piper Niven and Chelsea Green, well, you can probably put both of their wrestling the thimble and still have uh, a lot of room left. I really wasn't uh, too wild about this match. I was just glad that I was able to see how well Zoe Stark and Shayna, you know, were going to be in the ring. And it... Kind of disappointed me a little bit, but I kind of figured they would get to win. And then when Nia Jax came out, you know, she was going to wipe everybody out. And so it's a nugget grade all across the board. D plus. Okay. After that, we then went to a singles match um, where it was Chad Gable going up against Big Bronson Reed. Um, Mr. 24-7, you are up. All right. Um, didn't mind this match. It was it was halfway decent. Um, you know, another one of them kind of David and Goliath type matches here. I liked it, man. And Gable just Gable's so good that he he can make like say a guy like Bronson Reed, who's okay in the ring, but still you know new needs. You know, needs a, uh, some more experience here and to get a little better. But Gable can make this shit look good, you know. And this was this was awesome. The only thing that I didn't get was why in God's name did Gable lose? There's no, I don't understand why he lost, especially if he's gonna go fucking fight Gunther again. And if you know, they want us to believe that he can beat Gunther and take the title. Why the heck is he losing to Bronson Bronson Reed? Like, so that was just like what? 
But I mean, it was a halfway decent match. It was okay. Like I liked it, but I, I think I was fully expecting Gable to win. So that was just like, wow. Um, cause I had it at, I had, I had it at a beef, but him not, him not winning, uh, it knocks it down a little. So I'll go B minus. Okay. Trivia. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely agree with DJ. I mean, you know, you've got Gunther and Chad Gable who had like what, two or three really good matches and. I mean, they could have went either way. And then he put him in the ring against Big Bronson Reed. Um, I mean, it's one of these things where Chad Gable can just go with anybody, regardless of the size of his opponent. And I really wanted to see if he was going to be able to suplex him or not. That would have really been interesting to see, you know, Chad Gable suplexing a 330-pound man. But, you know, I mean, he's got a lot of agility for a big man, just like Ivar does. And I, I thought the match was, was okay. I mean, this led into a match next week, you know, with um, um, Bronson Reed and Otis, but we don't know what the, we don't know what, the, what that's going to happen. But, yeah, I can't understand. I can't see and figure out why they had Chad Gable lose. And for that, in fact, I gave it a C plus. Okay. Um, yeah, you guys both hit the nail on the head. Excellent match. Um, except why – is Chad Gable losing? I mean, I understand, okay, him talking to Adam Pierce and Adam Pierce saying you lost. I mean, why do you deserve another match? And then Bronson Reed stepping in, okay, well, let, let's have Chad Gable beat Bronson Reed to show why he deserves another match, but nope. So I guess this is the end of Chad Gable's icy title chase. Um, it was a nice little quick sprint. And, uh, yeah, he'll move on to training Maxine Dupuis. Um, and, and you know, being the rah-rah man for Otis. And, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with the exact rate DJ gave. I mean, this would have been a solid B. But because of the, the confusing booking and ending, I, I knocked it down to a B-. minus. Okay. Alright, after that, the uh, the man, or the Grand Slam man, Becky Lynch came down to the ring and gave up and offered up a um, open challenge to anybody in the back that wanted to make a name for themselves. Trivia, who answered the call and what did you think of the match? Well, Natty... I mean, it was nice to see Becky Lynch out there with the NXT title, you know, being the Grand Slam champion now. And when she issued the open challenge, I mean, there's quite a few women in the back that, you know, have never really had a shot at the title. And when Natalia came out, uh, she did have a valid point, but what have the other women done in WWE or on Monday Night Raw that would, you know, warrant a challenge? I mean, what are you going to do, give the title match to... Um, that was her name. Gee, she's so relevant, I can't remember it. Um, Indy Hartwell? Or you're going to give the match to Candice LeRae? I mean, they, we haven't seen them on TV in, in a couple of months. And Daddy, like she said, she's been there 15 years, 
And, you know, even Becky Lynch is like, well, you know, you had numerous opportunities in title matches. Give it to somebody who's never had a title match. I really didn't care too much for this match. I gave it a C plus as well. I gave it a C plus. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that echo, Aaron, you know, I pretty much echo the same thing as you. An open challenge is something that you're just, son of a bitch, has bit my tongue. Is you're offering up an opportunity to give somebody a challenge for the title that is never challenged or is not even in the conversation, i.e. John Cena with his Open United States Championship. Who answered? Kevin Owens. I, you know what I mean? It's somebody that you're not going to think of, somebody that hasn't had the opportunity. So, yes, an Indy Hartwell is a perfect example. Somebody who doesn't, who's not in the title picture and otherwise wouldn't be in the title picture, but it's an open challenge. Um, yeah, Candice LeRae. Um, bring one of the girls up from NXT just for the night. Let them show off what they can do in the ring on in front of a big crowd, not a little 1,200-person crowd in the NXT arena. Um, but no, it was Natalia. Um, and and it sucks because Natalia lost. Um um, footnote, semifinals this week, Mr. 24-7 against Mr. Trivia, Mrs. 24-7 against Nugster for the right to be in the finals next week. Um, just hadn't posted on our page, but just thought I'd give two of the uh, competitors, and I, I'm, I'm assuming like normal there's a third competitor to, to that side of you, or oh, that yeah, side of you. Oh, Um... But anyways, yeah, it just – it was an okay match. I mean, a better match than I've seen Natalia in recently. I mean, yeah, the competition she was against before was Rhea Ripley, and, I mean, Rhea Ripley could make anybody look like a shitty wrestler. But, I mean, I liked it a little more in trivia. I actually gave it a B-. minus. Mr. 24-7. Yeah, I, I didn't – I didn't get the natty part – like, I was happy and pumped up to see Becky out there and, you know, because she's great. So I was happy with it. And when she's like, open challenge, I'm like, cool. Probably someone from NXT is what I wrote. That's what it should have been. It should It's the NXT title. It's not the Raw Women's Championship or whatever. It's the NXT title. It should have been an NXT woman, in my, in my opinion. <laughs> anyway... Like, I almost think maybe it was somebody else and something happened and it was just like, all right, Natty, get out there type of thing. Because I don't get it. You know, um, nothing against Natty, but like, I feel like I was watching a, a clip from, you know, five years ago or something. Like, it, I, I don't know. I wasn't into it. I was happy to see Becky um, again, but blah. Um, I'm going to see. Blah. I'll go see because it was the man, but blah, uh, nah. All right. And the reason I said Indy Hartwell is because Indy's a former NXT champion, and, you know, even if you have an NXT wrestler come out, you've got Cora Jade, you've got Roxanne Perez, you've got um, Keanu James, you've got any one of those three that could have made an appearance on Raw for an open challenge, and, you know, you bring out Natty. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, after that, they then had a, a little quick promo from Tomasa Ciampa, 
who made his intentions to go after the IC title belt very clear with an abrupt ending of his promo and slamming down of the chair, which led us to our next match, which was Tommaso Ciampa taking on um, Giovanni Vinci. Um, I get to lead us off with this one. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think Giovanni Vinci is better in the ring than he's given credit for. I think... I don't know if you see blacks on the microphone or they just don't give him a chance to talk on the microphone um, for whatever reason. And he's just played off like he's the lackey of the, of the trio, but this was a good match. I liked it. Um, I obviously didn't think there was any chance that Tommaso Ciampa was going to lose, but yeah, there were times in there where I was like, ah, gee, nope, yeah, nope, Giovanni's not going to win. No, wait, nope, nope, he's not going to win. Um, I mean, Ludwig Kaiser coming out, but the uh, Ring General Gunter staying in back and watching. Okay, kind of liked it. You know, it just shows that Gunther's not really concerned with Tommaso Ciampa as of yet until he gets through Ludwig Kaiser probably next week, and then maybe we see Tommaso Ciampa and Gunther at Fastlane. Who knows? Um, but I did enjoy this match. I'm gonna give it a B minus. Mr. Okay. 24-7. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. It was like four or five minutes, I think, and it was good. It was just like straight, like technical wrestling match. Like it was it was cool. And what I like about Giovanni losing you know, he's under, it's kind of like he's under the microscope now. You've seen Gunther back there looking like, oh, okay, he's losing. You got, uh, um, what's his face walking back with him looking like, what the heck you doing? Da, 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 da. So I kind of like where they're going with it. Um, I feel like they're going to probably jump him at some point here and, and get him out of there. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. Hopefully that something like that does happen. So I was, I was cool with all this. Um, even though it wasn't long. It was better than so much of the stuff we've been seeing on the show. So I was happy with it. I was cool with it. Um, I went B. Okay. Mr. Trivia. Yeah, I mean, can I get behind Tommaso Ciampa against Gunther? Yeah. But I think this match with Giovanni da Vinci was really good. Uh, Ciampa is good in the ring. Vinci's good in the ring. But I think there's going to be a – I think there's a problem – with these, with him and uh, um, Ludwig Kaiser and Gunther, and I really hope they don't break them up because they're a great tag team. And it's just something that, you know, if you lost to somebody like, uh, uh, I don't know, I'm just going to throw out a name there, like Funaki or somebody, you know, then, yeah, be pissed off and everything else. But, you know, we're talking Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa's a seasoned veteran. And... It was a good match. I enjoyed watching it. The outcome was kind of what I expected. I expected Ciampa to win, and he did. I gave it a B plus. Okay. Now, is anyone else hoping that this, well, what could eventually be a, a two-on-one or possibly a three-on-one leads to Johnny Gargano making his return and kind of making the save and the Champa and Gargano, quote-unquote, hug it out, and we get the reunification 
of DIY? Anybody I else? see it happening. I know. Because Gargano has been wrestling at least the last two weekends of live events. So he's doing something to get himself back in a ring shape. So I, I'm kind of kind of hoping that that might be where it's going. Because, um, yeah, believe me, this tag division needs another good, solid tag team. All right. And then after that, we then went to the main event of the evening as it was Drew McIntyre taking on main event Jay Uso. Uh, Mr. 24-7, you lead us off. All right. Um, this was pretty good. Um, you know, I it was just kind of what I expected. Um, there was one thing I was like, holy moly, Drew comes out in a white kill. Yeah. I'm like, is this freaking Val Venus here? It looked like he had a little <laughs> towel on him. And like, I, I was, anyway, <laughs> it was good. Um, you know, you got the power of Drew, the, the, the speed of Jay. So, and the two, the two kind of just worked. Um, you know, Drew, Drew pretty much, he was mad, man. And you could tell he's over the past few weeks, that boy is just getting more pissed and more pissed. Um, I don't know how I feel about it, but I I like that they're do gonna try to do something with them. I hope that's what they're doing because they need to do something with them. So, um, yeah, the match was cool. We got uh, Judgment Day out there, all in Jay's ear. You know, come on, man, come on, man. We're we're family. We'll be a better family. Da 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 da. Jay gives Priest the knucks. Like, all right, man, cool. Turns around, boom, super kick. I'm like, ah, seen that coming, and I'm happy with it. I love it. Um, it was weird, though, because he super kicks Priest. Finn was, uh, I think Finn, actually, I think Finn was on the ground. Him and Dom were both on the ground. They just kind of jumped up for it, you know? So it was like, okay, I know I'm next. Boom. Dom gets up all slow, stands there, puts his chin out. Boom. Okay, that was done a little weird, but... The point of it all was cool. I was down with it. Um, and then because of that whole distraction, Jay turns around, boom, gets Claymore. I'm happy uh, with Drew winning. I don't mind Jay uh, losing here. It, to me, it didn't really – it didn't hurt anything. Um, then Judgment Day come in and start, you know, beating down Jay. You got Drew standing there watching, like, should I help? Nah. Then you thought, I thought maybe he was gonna, that's when Cody comes out. Of course, for the save. Superman Cody, always coming out for the save. Um, so, I like it. I like where they're going with Drew. I truly feel he's tired here soon. Um, but anyway, I thought it was a pretty decent way to end. Um, I'll go B. Okay. Mr. Trivia. I, I enjoyed the match. I mean, you know, I, I was glad Drew won. I don't know exactly what um, what road they're going to be taking with Drew McIntyre, whether he's going to stay face, whether he's going to stay heel. Even if he's a heel, he'll still get cheered probably. Um, but this thing with the New Day, with, uh, yeah, the New Day, with um, Judgment Day and Jey Uso, I mean, you know, in the, in the immortal words of that great Hall of Famer, Bobby Heenan, when he super kicked him, he's like, oh, I knew he was going to do that. Is this just something that, you know, 
that Jay did just to further it a little bit more and then eventually end up with New Day and with Judgment Day or, or not? I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. And then, like DJ said, when they beat him down and Drew's looking at him and looking back and looking back, nah, I'm not going to go save him. Fuck it. You know, he, he deserves that. But then Cody came out for the save. I thought it was a decent match. Good way to end the show. I gave it a B plus. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, it was, the match was good to end the show. Um, and, I mean, I'm going to kind of little uh, – maybe not – look at it as negatively, but it was like super kick. It was like Oprah, super kick here, super kick there. Everybody gets super kick. Oh, shit, Claymore. You know, I kind of, I liked the sequence, even though as predictable as it was. It's like one of those movies you watch, it's entertaining, and all along you say, yeah, I knew it was that fucking guy that was the killer all along, but you still enjoyed the movie. That's how this match was to me. I knew you know, once, you know, okay, yeah, exactly. They jump up on the apron. Well, don't jump up on the fucking apron or you're going to get super kicked as well. Um, as far as the, the Drew McIntyre turning heel um, and whether or not he's going to be a cheered heel or a hated heel, I honestly think that's all going to come down to who he finally goes full heel against. Exactly. If he turns on somebody that the audience loves, a uh, Seth Rollins, um, yeah. I, LA Knight. Yeah, well, LA Knight's on SmackDown. I'm trying to think of somebody else really oh, yeah. True. big face on Monday Night Raw. And I don't know. It's all ruled by Judgment Day. I mean, yeah. it's just, Gable. you know, yeah, something, somebody that the, that the audience really, really likes. Then I think his heel turn will be more of a hatred thing. Um, and that's why I, I thought they was going to turn heel, that he would have gone after Rollins, not Nakamura. But, you know, I didn't get the $15 million payout like Triple H did when Endeavor finally took over WWE, um, or bonus, whatever you want to call it. But, yeah, this was a good match. Uh, you know, Cody Rhodes coming down kind of after the fact to make the save after he's already gotten the shit kicked out of him. Eh, was okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, not that I was ever under Cody Rhodes, but I am definitely so over Cody Rhodes and his, so what do you want to talk about? Eh, I want to talk about you getting the fuck off my TV. That's what I want to talk. But that's another story for another time. Um, the match was okay. Um, I'm going to give the match a B-. minus. Okay. So overall, I mean, it had, you know, a couple, I mean, a couple really good points uh, and a lot of average points and a couple low points. So I got to go run of the mill, a solid C for Monday Night Raw. Okay. Mr. 24. See, I got C here too. Uh I mean, there was some, there was good stuff, and it was almost enough to bring to bring it up a little bit. But like the bad was freaking bad, you know. So it was like, yeah, I'll go see. Yeah, it's definitely across the board. Only I gave it a C plus, and um, you know, it's it's one of those things where raw could have been better. You know, like DJ said, the bad the bad stuff was bad. The good stuff was pretty good. I thought it could have been a little bit better though. So I went C plus. Okay. So, alrighty, and that was our Monday Night Raw recap for Monday, September 18th. Right now, we're going to go to 
the best part of the show, which Nuggies News. So, Greg, take it away. All right, let's start off with some wrestling rumors. Um, first and foremost, if you haven't heard by now, you're going to hear it now. It is being reported that Jade Cargill, um, former TBS Women's Champion for AEW, is no longer no longer under contract and would be making an appearance at the WWE Performance Center um, this week. I, I know I was talking about trivia. They did have you know scheduled quote unquote tryouts this week. You know, kind of get in the ring. Let's see what you got. Uh, and see kind of where that leads. Um, a f- another a familiar face um, was seen entering the WWE Performance Center. As you know, fans kind of hang out. It's like the old school paparazzi. Everybody hangs out with their phones out. And one, I think his name is uh, Trivi. What's his middle name? You know who I'm talking about. Keith, right? Is it Keith? <laughs> Randall Randall Keith Orton was seen kind of sneaking through by the cars, by the building. Kind of everybody was cheering for him. He kind of put his, you know, his, you know, finger up to his mouth like, shh, don't say anything. And they're like, oh, we won't tell. And then he gave the thumbs up. So, and it's also being reported that he is in, once again, being said that he is in absolute prime physical condition. Um, he's obviously not been sitting at home and doing a trivia diet of ho-hos and Pop-Tarts. Um, so is he there working out or on the disappointing side, could he just be there helping to evaluate potential talent? That's an answer to be named um, or to be determined at a later date. Um, something a little weird. I don't know. I don't know. This is, I don't know if this is okay with trivia, but tonight is the, um, AEW Grand Slam event they have at the Arthur Ashe Center and Flushing Meadows. Yeah. Flushing Meadows, New York, um, where they play the U.S. Open, expecting about 20,000 people. So they say, and there is rumors swirling around that two, not one, but two former WWE World Champions could be making their debut tonight. Um, one, we may have heard possibilities of a reunification or reuniting, I should say, of Christian Cage and Edge. Um all edges, I mean, his, his profile has been moved to the alumni page. He's not listed active performer. His contract did end, I believe, it was September 15th. So today being September 20th, he has no no compete because his contract just ended. Um, Trip, I only see it from about here up. Attaboy. Um, so there's a possibility that he may show up. Another W former WWE World Champion, who I honestly I didn't think of when they were saying it, um, and and the fact that his contract quietly ended two months ago, Dolph Ziggler, um, 
there's a rumor that he may show up at AEW. So we'll have to pay attention to those. Um, one other quick little AEW note. As many have heard, they had their big, I don't know if it was all in, all out, all above, all below, below deck, Arkansas, whatever it was, over at Wembley Stadium was said to have the largest paid attendance crowd in professional wrestling history at 80,000. Did not happen. Official tickets that were sold based on the amount of tax that AEW had to pay per ticket sold was 71,000 and change. So the 79,000 in paid attendance at the Pontiac Silverdome years ago is still officially the largest paid attendance at a wrestling event. Um, now, WWE does tend to inflate the numbers by including comp tickets and, like, the vendors, the popcorn sellers, all the people that event security that work there because they may be walking around selling trays of Coke or Pepsi, but they're still watching the event and are in attendance. So, but still, um have I did either of you guys see the most recent release of the PWI 500 men's list? Yeah. Okay. So you guys know the top 10? No. Okay. And there it goes. So we will start now once again. PWI Insider ranks the top 500 male wrestlers, and I think it's now the top 250 female wrestlers, and then the top 100 tag teams. Well, I guess they didn't wait till the end of the year. They did it at the end of the summer and released their top 500 men. Um, And it's not like the top 500 WWE. It is professional wrestlers. So, going from 10 to 1, um... So we'll go one by one. No comment, no comment. You think it's too low, too high. Number 10, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Surprise? Not surprise? I'm surprised. Um, I'm surprised he was 10. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I feel like it uh, maybe should have been a little lower. Uh, just on what he's done over the – what is this, over the past year or so? Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I feel like maybe it should have been a little lower. But I'm all right with it. Out of 500, I mean, okay, you know. Okay. Number I, Honestly, I thought it would have been a little higher. Meaning what, out of the top 10? Yeah. Oh. I thought, man, I thought maybe it would be like a 12 or something. Really? Cody Rhodes? Yeah. Oh, Okay. All right. Um, number nine from Impact. So I know nobody knows who he is here. Josh Alexander. And number eight from AEW, Orange Cassidy. At number seven from New Japan, Kazuchika Okado, who, if I remember correctly, he's like been in like the top three for like the past several years. 
So still never really have seen him wrestle. I was surprised that he was this low, high. At number seven, I thought he'd been closer to number one. At number six, MJF. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's the AEW world champion, and he's probably one of the biggest stars and mic talkers over the past year. I mean, I, I would I would go as low as two or three for him. Yeah. But okay. Yeah, I would have thought I would have thought that too. I would have never picked him at six. Right. I would have thought he would have been at least in the top five. Um, but at number five, El Hijo del Vikingo. From AAA um, Wrestling. Never heard of him. Know nothing about him. Right. But the top four. At number four. The Ring General Gunter. I'm okay with it. It's about yep. right. At number yep. three. And this was a surprise to me. Considering where MJF was. At number three. Representing AEW. John... Moxley. Uh, I think I think Moxley and MJF should have been flipped. I don't, to be honest, I feel like Mox is even though I love him, I don't think this year he should have even probably been in the top ten, to be yeah. honest. Um yeah. I mean all we get from him really is just coming out and he just freaking gets puts bl- himself up and Yeah, gets bloodied up and that's it. Arm. That's it. So, as much as I love him, I I definitely disagree with that one. Now, okay. Now I'll let you both guess at number two and number one. It's got to be Seth and Roman, no? That's what I would do, I guess. Who's two and who's one? I'll go uh, Roman one, Seth two. I'll say Roman two, Seth one. Mike, you won. You are correct. Yeah. Roman really? Reigns is number two. Seth Rollins is number one. Wow. Yeah. It was a little surprising to me the way everybody, you know, it seems like everybody in professional wrestling and WWE watching them with a hard on when they say the word Roman Reigns. Um, but no, yeah. Uh, and I'm going to assume it's due to the, the, the workhorse um, yeah. mentality that Seth yeah. Rollins has. He's there every night and, and a couple times on Tuesdays uh, where Roman right. Reigns is there eh, maybe two out of four Never. shows, but only wrestling on premium live events. Very, yeah. very rarely wrestled on TV. Yeah. And, and I add something to that. I, I read somewhere now that Roman Reigns' next title defense isn't going to be until Saudi Arabia. Me too. Yeah, when what else would it be? What's that? What else would it be? Oh, I figured they might have had him on this show. Why? What what what's going on right now with Roman Reigns that he'd be at Fastlane? Oh yeah, well there's nothing going on with Roman Reigns now because they didn't have anything going on for him on SmackDown or anything. Exactly. Yeah, we- so why, what are, what is leading you to believe that he would be on Fastlane? Well, it's just something that I thought they would have him on there. What made you think that? We're going to play this because game. We got plenty of time. <laughs> because he's a, world, he's a champion. A champion should be on every pay-per-view. 
pay-per-view. Well, no, well they're, they're not. They're not. Because then every pay-per-view, we would see no other matches. All we would see are the seven, eight titles they have. We've had this discussion before. All right. There's nothing going on with Roman Reigns right now. You can't just throw him on a pay-per-view when you're building all these other storylines to lead up to matches at Fastlane. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he's even in Saudi Arabia defending his title. Okay. You know? So, speaking of that, um, pulled up an early predictions for SummerSlam. I'm not sorry, sorry, for Survivor Series again. And this is the match card they have. Now, it's a little confusing to me the way they have it. It, it doesn't look like Raw versus SmackDown or Champion versus Champion because they have for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship match Roman Reigns defending against LA Knight. Yay, nay, excited, not. So you don't, you don't, a, a, once again, Nugget News fashion, you think possibility of happening is zero and excitement level zero? Yeah, well, no, not zero, zero. I well, say it's, that's how we do this. Two and one. Okay. Um, I'll say excitement seven. And I'll go, I'll go four, seven. Okay. I think likelihood I'd go like a two, like Trivi said. Um, excitement level, I honestly would probably go a nine because I would love to see Roman Reigns spear that fucking vest right off of LA Knight and give him a Superman punch. So all all LA Knight then does for the rest of his life is go, yeah, yeah, because he breaks yeah. his jaw. <laughs> now, the men's war games match, but it's a as they said, traditional five-on-five war games match. Team number one, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Jey Uso against Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Drew McIntyre. I'm down with it. I like it. It sounds good to me. Uh, my my excitement level eight and a half possibility seven. Okay. Uh, definitely gotta be up there. I'll go eight. I'll go eight for excitement and I guess the possibility. I mean, Drew. Uh, they're gonna have to. You know, Drew will have to turn to be on there. So. Uh, as of right now, I'll go five. Okay, yeah. I'll just stay in the middle somewhere. Yeah, likelihood I'd go around a four or five only because I don't see them breaking the tradition of the four-on-four four war games matches just to no. throw a bonus person each. But excitement level, I would say eight to an eight and a half as well. The women's war games match. Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, Asuka, Shotzi and Becky Lynch versus Bailey, EO Sky, Dakota Kai, Tiffany Stratton, and Rhea Ripley. Huh. 
It sounds good. So I'll go. I'll go six. Now I'll go five seven. Okay. I'll go um, eight, eight, six. Eight as in likelihood or excitement level? Excitement level. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, as I started reading that first team, I'm like, wait a minute. Charlotte, Bianca, Asuka, Becky? I'm like, wait a minute. What other team can you put together that could be even remotely competitive with that? And then I read the other one because I really think Tiffany Stratton has a chance to make a mark on this women's division when they do decide to bring her up. Um, Then they have in a singles match for the U.S. title, Rey Mysterio versus Santos Escobar. Uh, I would say possibility, excitement level, seven and a half, possibility, DJ? Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm pretty sure it, we're getting it. I mean, he, he he said, of course, I'll give you the match. So, yeah, right. I, I'm pretty sure we're getting it. So, I'll go I'll go a nine on, on the possibility, and I'll go – that. I mean, it'll be a decent match. It'll be, it'll be good. So, I'll go seven, nine. Okay. I'm going to go very low on both, only because, Mike, you're way off camera. There you go. Um, Because they're, I believe this match is officially booked for Fastlane, which is October 7th. Survivor Series is the end of November. That mean, does that mean we're going to have an eight-week feud of Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar? Oh, God, punch me in the nuts and kick me in the face right now. I mean, I'm. I mean, okay, they're gonna have it fine. Then you know, have it maybe a rematch or whatever. But I can't. I I cannot get behind this being all the way carried out, all the way through the Survivor Series. Um, yeah. Then they have a singles match of John Cena versus Solo Sokoa. Um, for me, excitement level on this would be about. Uh... Okay. Possibility. Eight. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I'd be excited to see this. Um, so, and I, by the way it looks, I think it could happen. I'll go, I'll go five. I'll go five, eight. Okay. Um, yeah, excitement level, I'd have to go about a six, maybe a seven. Um, and likelihood, same way, round six or maybe a seven. Um, I mean, everything that I've read is is John Cena's committed to SmackDown weekly through the end of October. So I don't know if he's going to hang around for another month or just come back for one more one more match. And then last but not least, the match for the new three-man, whatever they're going to call it, Tag Team Title Belts. As it is the OC, AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows taking on Hurt Business 2.0, Bobby Lashley, Montez Ford, and Angelo Dawkins. Now, I would love 
that match. Absolutely. Sorry, guys, I wanted to go first with this one. I would love to see that match. So I'm going to go nine, and only because I am so hesitant in saying yes, give me a, a tag team belt representing a three-man tag team. For the love of God, they can't get the regular tag team division straightened out. And now they're going to add another title? Uh, so likelihood, uh, kind of hoping, is only a four. Okay. I, will, I would go eight and a half and three. Yeah. I would definitely be excited. I'll go eight on that, and I'll again like the others. I'll stick with about five, just because I don't really, not really sure. We'll go five, eight five. Okay. Right. Um, and one other thing um, was listening to the final episode of Out of Character, hosted by Ryan Satin. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't listen to the whole interview. I didn't catch the end of it. I know he's going to be on to doing other things in the podcast realm or whatever, but his last ever guest today was T.J. Wilson, also known as Tyson Kidd. He's been trying to get him on for, for quite a while. And I, you guys, have either one of you guys noticed, because I know I have, an improvement in the ring Um performance-wise over the past year or so of two specific competitors, one being Liv Morgan and one being Angelo Dawkins? Yeah. Yeah. They both worked exclusively with Tyson Kidd on better performing in the ring. So just a little, little kudos to – Good old TJ Wilson and what he's done to help the WWE. And that is Nuggies News this week. Trivia, hit us up with some indie news. All righty. So we got th- I got three shows to report here. Saturday, September 23rd at 7 p.m., PAPW presents Fall Frenzy. They're going back to their home, 662 Co. Avenue in East Haven, Connecticut. You can buy your tickets at the door. I have not seen any matches uh, scheduled yet. So PAPW comes back home to Co. Avenue, Saturday, September 23rd at 7 p.m. Also, Saturday, September 23rd, New World Wrestling Extreme will be at the American Legion Pavilion, post 85, on River Road in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. They're presenting Raising Hell 5 is the name of their show. Their feature match that night will be a New World Wrestling Extreme women's title match as Ariel will defend her title, her newly won title, against former champion Nikki Valentine. I don't know too much about these two women, but I, from what I've understood, talking to a few people, this should be a regular knockdown dragout. And the other one that I have to result that I have to report on today is Coliseum Pro Wrestling, Friday, October thirteenth, at the West Haven Elks Club at two sixty five Main Street, West Haven, Connecticut. Doors open at seven. Bell time is at seven thirty. Tickets are available online. 
at Coliseum Pro, and they're also available at the door. And this will be the Coliseum Pro Wrestling debut of Clipper Jones. He is a very sought-after independent wrestling star here in New England. Not the third baseman for the Braves. That was Chipper Jones. This guy's known as Clipper Jones. So anybody out there gets a chance to go to the show, definitely check him out. Clipper Jones is definitely a guy to be watching. And that's the three shows that I have for my indie report this week. Okay. Uh, let me ask you guys a question here. October 7th, we have, we have Fastlane. Yep. With everything that's been going on between Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura, do you guys think there's going to be a stipulation in this match? I don't know. I mean, I would, it's a title match. I mean, I feel like it shouldn't be a title match, but who knows? There could be. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was trying to think of something in, in reference to the back, but, uh, I mean, I, I can't think of anything weird. Um, I mean, I, I, I haven't seen anything specific, but I did see somewhere, I remember reading somewhere, that WWE may have the a first ever match at Fastlane. Didn't say who, what type of match or who was going to be in it. So maybe they're trying to come up with something very creative for Nakamura and Rollins. I, I don't know. Well, this one might sound a little a little weird to say, but I think if they're going to go with a stipulation in this match, if they decide to have one, what better way to test the back of Seth Rollins than maybe have a last man standing match? Between him and Nakamura. And I, I think if they do that, it won't be, I mean, I won't be disappointed. Even if they have any kind of stipulation, I don't think I'll be disappointed because these guys just don't like each other. And they got to do something to, you know, really throw gasoline on the fire, so to speak. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Greg, okay. if they have it. Greg, are there any other matches there's signed no, for that? There's no matches signed for officially for Fastlane right now. And it's two okay. weeks from this Saturday. And not one single match is booked. Wow. Hmm. Huh. That's that's on. I, mean, I, don't know. I don't know what they're what they plan on doing and who they plan on. You know, putting matches together with only two weeks left. I mean, are they going to give us L.A. Knight and The Miz? Are they going to give us, uh, you know, Rhea Ripley and Raquel again? I mean, I have no idea. I don't know. But, I mean, I, I pulled one up before a while ago that I, that I was going to talk about Nuggies News. But, um, I mean, this is, once again, a pro, you know predicted match card. I think one that we just talked about, Rollins Nakamura. Um, Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens versus the Judgment Day. John and this one says John Cena versus the Miz. I, I don't I don't see that one happening right now, but this this was pretty much right after payback that this came out. Um, Charlotte Flair versus Asuka versus Eo Sky. Raymond, this is Ray Mysterio versus Grayson Waller. Um, 
Raquel Rodriguez versus Rhea Ripley, but this is now before Nia Jax makes her return. And then the New Day versus Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle. But I could see them, if they're going to do that, I could see them throwing in the Viking Raiders. Um, so I mean, that was a predicted match card. Um, but really quickly about Matt Riddle, have either one of you guys read anything or know anything about the issues Matt Riddle had as a UFC fighter as to why he left the octagon and pursued WWE? Because I read something that with this new merger, he might be out and not really voluntarily kind of like, you know, get your ass out of here. We didn't like dealing with you before and we're not dealing with you again. I didn't know if either one of you had seen or heard or read anything or knew more about it. I didn't really, I didn't read the story um, fully. I just saw the, like, sort of like the beginning, you know, issues that he had with UFC was the reason why he went into WWE. So I don't know if that was the, the drug issue that he had, the marital issues and the abuse and all that stuff. And, you know, and, and so we haven't seen him in, in the past few weeks. So, I, I don't know. Right. Well, the only yeah. thing I saw from that effect was I did see a picture on one of the websites of Matt Riddle, and it said that if TKO, the one that took over WWE with the USC and everything, if, if they're going to start releasing wrestlers, because they've already released a lot of, you know, front office people and everything, but if they do mm-hmm. start releasing wrestlers, they said, don't be surprised if Matt Riddle is on that list. Right. Yeah, I've seen that too. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they, I mean, it, they they took two companies and put them into one, and yes, UFC lost some. I mean, you don't need two head of marketing officials, you know, you don't need two of this, you don't need two of that. So they kind of picked and choose who they were taking from each to to form the one company. Um, yeah, but. Do we, I mean, Cameron Grimes ha- has already come out and said that he would love the opportunity to do a cross-promotion match, whether it be in the octagon or in a ring, um, you know, UFC-style MMA match. Could we potentially see, you know, maybe a partnership between UFC and, and WWE where they start kind of interchanging performers? I hope not. I hope not. I hope not either, but it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me either, but man, I hope not. Now, Mike, on which way... you got to look at it from both ways, though. I mean, are we going to see Bianca Belair going in the ring against, uh, what, the Amanda Nunez in the octagon oh, where... They're throwing real hands. They're not just – and that's what I mean. I mean, when I think of cross-promotion, I don't think, okay, yeah, we're just going to have them all do the quote-unquote acting fighting. Right. UFC style is going to be real, and, and that's kind of what made Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler such a crappy match because we know they can go, but they didn't go. They did, you know, WWE-style performing 
Yep. Yeah, that's true. So, I right, just going to have to see what uh, what this new organization, what this new company is going to bring to uh, the table as far as, you know, their shows and everything. I mean, I just hope that they don't start screwing around with Peacock and everything else and, you know, going back to... Fifty-nine ninety-nine pay-per-views and all the other crap what? that they did back in the day. Why do you care? You don't pay for Peacock anyways. But still, I mean... <laughs> so... But we'll, we'll just have to see. I mean, if they do, they do. I mean... But, I, but now that Greg had mentioned that thing about what the possibility and the rumors with Edge and Dolph Ziggler on AEW, I just might tune in a little bit tonight and see if it... If it happens, that would be wild if Edge shows up. Yeah. And do you think he sat, he sat with Vince like, I'm about to go do this? I don't know. I, and that's yeah. the thing. Is, I mean, I think if he told Vince that, you know, if. I don't know. Maybe Darn. he wanted Vince to buy out Christian's. Cause that's what I've read. As he wants that one last little run um, yeah. with Christian, and if it can't happen in WWE, the only place it can happen is AEW. There you go. Yep. That's true. So, anyway, all right, guys. Anything else you want to add? No. No, nothing else I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, that AEW, that's on uh, TBS tonight, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm definitely going to check that out if the rumors do come true. So, but, all right. Well, guys, it was a great show tonight. I want to thank you, everybody, that tuned in. And on behalf of the Nogster Greg and Mr. 24-7, this is your contribute for the Top Rope Report. Say thank you all for tuning in, and we'll catch you at our next show.